Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak podcast. This is Kushal Mehra. This is uh, this podcast was designed for a specific reason. Today, when you uh, if you are going to be listening to the audio version of this or you're watching the video version live right now, uh, first of all, I I will state the reason why I'm doing this. A few days ago, I had gone somewhere, and some things happened where I had gone, and after I came back, I was very uncomfortable. I was going through the phase of not being able to sleep properly where i was disturbed constantly and then i was letting it go letting it go letting it go and then it came to a point uh, where i could not let it go and then i started doing something about that the thing that i had seen wherever i can't state it because of obvious reasons and uh, then something happened on social media and it triggered me even more and then i started reaching out to women that i know on social media and we just had an, and i'm actually very grateful to all the women who have come here today because uh, this this podcast would not have happened if they would not have helped me so i'm really grateful to them and i reached out to them and i asked them for help i was like what can we do to to address this uh, issue of sexual predation that that is rampant uh I, i don't want to get into where it is more where it is less uh which set does it more which set does it less i i could care less about that so that's why i tweeted out on social media where i had requested women to reach out to me either on social media or privately through the email and and uh, believe me i got a lot of emails and i have replied to each and every one of them and you know if you emailed me that i replied to you and i read everything uh, i'm not going to take their names or share anything because those things it was a shocker to me that some of uh, the 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 emails that i got were uh, were occasions where some women said that we have actually never mentioned this it is only you we have emailed this to so i'm grateful to all of you and uh, i promise you that it stays between us but it it was uh, a heartbreaking thing to read whatever happened but then i was like baat karni chahiye and uh, believe me jitni baat main abhi bol raha hu bas abhi bolne wala baad mein i'm just going to hand it over to the women uh, on the podcast and uh, oh, one thing because there is going to be a live stream here i am crystal clear and i want to start this i see one abuse on the live stream and i know this is also going to be heard later i will block you no if no but so be very careful if you are on the live stream don't try something that will get you blocked on the channel because you may not get access to the content later i don't care who you are i will block you and i normally avoid these things but this is a sensitive topic so please be serious today's topic is not uh, again i have not designed the way it is going to go i took feedback from multiple women obviously not just the women who are here who are going to be sharing because we have uh, different you know th- these women will bring in different perspectives and uh, everything is decided based on consultations with not just them but many other women uh, especially smita uh, smita barua she she helped me a lot i i was constantly asking her questions on whatsapp you know smita ji could not come today so she, you know i just had to take her name because she really guided me and she helped me a lot and gave me a lot of courage too she's like nee tukar i know you should do it and uh, so now that i have said whatever i had to say so first i'll come to you shivangi 
uh, on the issue of sexual predation can you maybe break it down on the sociological level and what exactly happens like maybe we can start shivangi with defining also because there is a lot of confusion when it comes to defining these things also so first shivangi i'll come to you then maybe i'll go to nanika sure uh thank you for doing this kushal and uh, quickly getting into it i think i will frame this um whole thing around a of course defining what it is and then moving on to uh, what are the theories and like how do like why does it happen like that's the larger question right why do men do this why do women freeze etc cetera, etc cetera. so now making it very like as layman as it gets sexual predation or pre- predatory behavior is when uh, men are harassing women to get sexual contact in an abusive manner right now what is that sexual harassment it could include cat calling it could include gestures it could include sexual jokes in indoors unwanted advances flirting um intrusive questions about person's private or sex life or like spreading sexual rumors uh, touching them inappropriately brushing up against them hugging them when they don't want to be hugged stalking etc etc now <clears throat> sorry my throat is going today um if you look at it from like the theoretical perspective of what are the approaches to violence because when i talk about sexual harassment that is violence against women there are three large theories that are there one talks about the psychiatric or psychopathological analysis which says that it is uh, because they are going through some psychiatric issue which is why they are uh, trying to be violent towards women another one is which talks about the fact of a socio physical uh, psychological phenomena which is that there is some external stress that is creating environment factors right so and that is why this is happening and the third with which i as a like like a feminist social worker talk about is when you look at violence as a sociological or a socio cultural phenomena where you're saying that there is a socially structured inequality and cultural norms and so we have to talk about patriarchy right so the fact that men hold power and domination in this uh, gender power relation there is an inequality and violence against women is therefore manifestation of that unequal relationship between women and men so uh, the fact that you've been socialized in a certain manner there are certain gender roles now here i'll bring up the point that men feel that they're more masculine when they are doing this right i am a man i can harass you i have a sense of impunity and that i this is what makes me a man this in my boys club will be accepted and i will be celebrated for who i am because as in terms of defined role in the society masculinity then is uh how are you harassing right or how, oh is this is just a joke um and other than that um there's another understanding of it is which women come to it saying that why am i like i know i have been harassed i know this person is doing something in the office in a public space oh but i don't want to tell anyone or i how do i approach it right and that is actually the theory of learned helplessness which talks about that once you go through something and a battered woman she becomes passive in the face of intermittent abuse which means that she will be immobilized and because of the uncertainty of when abuse will occur 
so she will feel like she has no control over her experience so she it's almost like she's conditioned to tolerate abuse from the community and then she is held responsible for violence now here there are lot of cases that will happen where they'll be like why didn't you speak up right like i understand men are doing this you should go out why don't you go to the police there are so many formal help seeking behavior why, why aren't you doing that but that's actually because you go back to the good and bad woman ka binary in the system right the good woman will not go to the police the good woman hum nahi jaate police mein hum nahi jaate lawyers ke paas that is not what a good woman does there is a strong culture of silence that this is i will take this even if they want to go ahead and approach the police approach their hr approach the person in question who is actually taking their side there because in the structure of power the man of course by virtue of patriarchy or by just in terms of the person is senior to you or the person in an organization or the fact that they are attacking you in a group space you are fearing violence and fear of violence is violence so you want to protect yourself and you you don't want to uh, speak up in that situation even if you want to speak up from the police will question why for example are you a good victim right what were you wearing uh, why were you drinking why were you outside oh so you were in the office with this person and he did say that you guys were talking to each other etc etc so they actually reach a space where they also understand that who will support me and this is a question to of course people who i saw were commenting on your post on twitter regarding this space i mean i i asked that very clearly who are you going to support in this past struggle right if there's someone influential like for example you went through something like having the ability as a bystander to not be passive but actually take a stand in that situation and be like listen man this is not done it requires a lot of courage but it also requires a lot of moral character right do you feel this is correct to take a stand for your friend or take a stand for women who is going through something and in in the sense like how do we stop it right and what what can men do because i want to take the onus to the men who are listening to this podcast right like and the only thing that actually comes from it is bystander intervention because which is you notice the event you interpret that the situation is a problem and you go in there and you say step up and you stop and you ask for help and this has proved that when you have active bystanders when a woman feels that she can she will have someone standing up for her and that she will she can speak up that's only when this problem will will go down because at every space be it the family system where why were you loitering why were you going out going from your your own parents or your brothers or your husbands and and then moving on to religious spaces or moving on to police spaces or where you get your help from there is a sense of learned helplessness that women learn that our stories have to stay only in whisper networks for example when you put this out that is a whisper network right oh this happened with me this happened uh, with my friend right also to understand that when someone is a sexual predator there is like a power and control wheel that comes into it which we talk about in violence against women which is that what techniques do they use with women in order to harass them in a space so you could have using technique like using isolation so controlling what the person is doing right limiting their outside involvement minimizing and denying and blaming oh no no gaslighting this is your problem using the male privilege right this is what they're doing right now that you're treating the person like 
oh, you, she can't be trusted. Using coercion and threats and using emotional abuse, intimidation. And this is the same across, and I say this left and right, that there is a strong sense of impunity that comes from for men who are inflicting. And I say the word violence and I want to articulate it like violence because this is violence that is going through going on with women who are facing it on a daily basis. Now, uh, do you want me to go ahead on what women should do or should we take ahead the discussion and then? No, no. So what we'll do is now I'll request uh, Nayanika to come in and uh, because uh, the, the interventions, maybe we can come. But uh, Nayanika, uh, I have a request over here for you that obviously in your practice, uh, um what have you seen as in in your practice as a psychiatrist what are the things that you see at a cognitive level what is the psychology what is the psychology of men and what what are the traumatic effects that women go through when such an event happens kushal i'm really glad that somebody is talking about this because it's not something that is taken really uh, seriously and it's not just about india it's it's anywhere. So, uh, so, uh, so I I agree with what with a lot of what Shivangi said. But uh, one thing I think that is really important is that uh, the she 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 mentioned a power difference on uh, the power di- dynamics and uh, and the important thing. Uh, without which there really can't be violence against women is the belief that um, as a man, I am I am entitled to something from women. And that happens and that um, happens with with rape, it happens with sexual assault. Um, it but it also happens with uh, with everyday catcalling, like how do you think you have a right to walk? freely in public spaces and and what do i gain out of it and uh, the and the other thing and that is more co- common i think but the other issue and you see that more with um the with the worse uh, the more extreme forms of violence is um psychopathy where where men uh, will will often cry and um, they are unable to feel any kind of empathy for women in their circle and can't and which basically means that they can't imagine what it's like like um and uh, for instance the with the nirbhaya rapes the this the psych the psychologist or the psychiatrist i can't remember who it who it was i think it was both who did a report on ram singh who was one of the rapists said said that he was definitely a psychopath but i think they probably all all were given the kind of violence that was inflicted on her i think they all were so so it's it's an inability to feel that the women around you and the ones you see are, are that they that they are entitled to live in peace and and the feeling that you you 
are entitled to do whatever. And this and this tends to happen more when there's uh, when there are defined uh, I wouldn't just say defined gender roles but extremely defined gender roles like the, the belief that a woman should not be out of the house house at all or that um, I mean here I'm not talking about a defined gender role like saying uh, a woman is a mother I'm not uh, talking about things like what what is a woman I'm talking about things like what like Shivangi said what should a good woman do or not do so uh, that's what I'm talking about here and uh, and that feeds into the dynamic because men think then that being a man means that you need to have power and control over women and uh, and and in countries where the in countries where the dynamic is different there tends to be less of of this kind of violence and i know that somebody might bring up Sweden here, but but I'm not going to talk about that because there's another reason for that. They count se sexual violence in quite a different way in Sweden. Like often, if a woman goes on a DTC bus in Delhi, there's there actually isn't a single time that I've gone on public transport in North India um, and sometimes in Calcutta and not been groped, uh, but have. But have I ever complained to the police? No, I haven't, because we always just took that as the price you pay for leaving your home and uh, and going out. But in many countries, it would be counted as a sexual assault, and uh, and I never re realized it was that until quite re recently. So talking about the the effects it has. Um, uh, Talking about the first one is that I find that a lot of women, um, even those who don't identify it as as uh, as as a primary reason for coming to see a psychiatrist in the first place, have a degree of post-traumatic stress disorder uh, uh, from this. That that often they 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 are very wary. Often they're anxious. Often, when they hear news of of sexual assaults, they have uh, flashbacks about it and get upset about it. And uh, and it's really incredibly com common. It's not like um, only a few women have it. It's I would think it's probably a majority of women who who have some symptoms of it, even if they don't meet all the criteria and uh, and there are other issues of course like I recently we learned and uh, that uh, through st study that a lot of women uh, who who have faced domestic violence have um, have cognitive issues because they've been be beaten and shaken around the head they have uh, brain brain issues and that shows shows up in imaging things like MRI and things like that. You will sometimes see these tiny bleeds that sh show up. 
and um, so so it it actually affects them in in every way that you can think of and and then i want to step back and ask how much harder is it for women to live uh, their their everyday lives like life is hard hard enough as it is for everyone and if to that you add a degree of ptsd and constant fear and the helplessness that you know that nothing will ever be done um it's it 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 all amounts to a negative experience of life life in general and and that's thought to be one of the re reasons why why women have higher rates of um of depression overall and uh, they also have higher rates of attempting su suicide but because they're less likely to try some, something that will make a mess or or leave uh an uh, or leave a messy corpse um they're less likely to succeed uh, but this is actually taking lives um and one of the things is that there was an article um some time ago that uh, young ma married women in young women and especially young ma married women in india have have a higher rate of suicide than most other countries and it and it asked why and it didn't really, really answer but 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 i think as indians it's it's something for us to think about um the fact that uh being being a young woman has a relative it gives you a relative degree of immunity uh, i'm talking about say above the age of 20, 25 to about the age of of 65 and and it gives you some immunity in many countries but it doesn't in india and the question is really why why is that and that's something to think about for all of us i'd like to hand it back to you at this point all right uh, so now okay joga i'll come to you now so when we were chatting we were offline, chatting offline. Uh, so i was uh, talking to you and you were telling me about uh, what experiences or uh, i don't know what horror an average woman has to go through just through the daily experience of maybe traveling or dealing with things like just going down the elevator or stuff like that. So now I'll hand it over to you and maybe you can share your thoughts on this process. Hi, Kushal. Uh, and hi, ladies uh, and everybody else listening in. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed, Kushal. And uh, firstly, thank you for doing this. And the reason I'm overwhelmed is because I heard the two ladies before me and, you know, gathering all my thoughts and uh, sort of uh, focusing it on all the experiences I've had personally and probably collectively in this group, what we go through in daily lives, uh, right from being a girl, like, you know, growing up, right from growing up, it kind of overwhelmed me thinking, oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. Give me a minute. I want to first start with, uh, and I'm going to read it verbatim. This is a tweet that was a response to 
a very normal you know kind of query that i had put out because i was also like you know with all the discussion that we were having around this particular topic i did ask it on my tl that i feel that i mean you know i see a lot of men hating on women because i feel that's where this whole uh, you know need to uh, sort of uh, sex you know this whole sexual abuse or this abuse of power comes from so this is one of the responses and i think it very well defines uh, you know the uh, you know a big point of why do they do it so it says men can take away everything from women if they want every so called right that women have that to overnight just like taliban did and in afghanistan so you women should be grateful to us for giving you rights which we can take back overnight this was the tweet by some uh, you know unknown anon account but the clarity of thought honestly you know i think this is where it stems from mostly the power and the need to constantly uh, you know sort of uh, display that power for themselves as well as in that whole you know the pack that they want to be part of they want to lead so it's all about power and obviously there are some i mean you know as nayanika and uh, you know shivangi they mentioned there are some psychos obviously but mostly it's men who you know what when men are younger and they do it on the streets and then some suddenly they grow up and they get into those you know well settled lives they'll marry they'll go ahead have children have daughters and all that but they probably also have done it at one point of time so it, it's like a power equation so now when you asked me about my uh personal experiences i'll only talk about my personal experiences but obviously i have friends i have family who are women and honor i have never met anybody in my life who's a woman and who has not been uh victim of any kind of sexual violence be it eve teasing cat calling uh molestation inappropriate touching forcing themselves i mean you know, men forcing themselves uh coercion like that power thing in workplace or in institutions which we become part of kushal there are those fancy clubs this that you know that we become part of and it's there everywhere i don't know any woman who has ever come up to me who has said we have never been part of this group who are, like you who have experienced this not one single woman so i'm still waiting for somebody to come up to me and say that we have never experienced cat calling or eve teasing and i have experienced sexual violence as a child and a number of times and it's hard because because you know uh, coming out with it I, I, only a few friends or some people might know about it but i want to talk about it because a lot of women i know have this experience who don't want to talk about it because of there is a factor of shame and also the fact honestly because you know what it will hurt our parents and our uh, guardians who uh, were supposed to protect us and they tried but they could not because you know what parents can't be there with you 100% 100% of the time they can't be there always my parents were working they were trying to give us a good life and uh, like you know it's not like they were keeping us in the dark telling us everything is good hunky dory but 
Yeah, there, there are those instances. I was molested by um, the landlord's son who was much older to us. We used to call them him bhaiya. And they were like his younger siblings and all that we used to play with. And uh, the fact is that when it happened with me, I did not understand what was happening. I like, you know, retraced my steps when I was older and I could understand it. And there was this sense of anger and frustration because I could not help it at that point of time. I was a child, but I started understanding it because I remember once we were on a, a family trip, we were in Kolkata, we were taking a public bus and my parents, like my, I was sitting with my mom and my dad was standing in front of us. And there was this guy who was like sitting next to my mom and, uh, I think he was trying to first touch her in, inappropriately and then he tried it with me and I could feel his hands and my dad saw it, my mom saw it and they just swooped in, obviously they didn't create a ruckus, but they just sort of, you know, they got up and they just surrounded me, that kind of a thing. And that's the first time I kind of experienced uh, like, okay, this is not right. There's something going on here. and. You know, okay, like maybe it's a generational thing. They did not come back and sat me down and told me about it. But I saw that protection and I have seen my dad and my mom doing it. Uh, when I like, you know, obviously growing up, I started going out. I had to be independent. My parents were working, both my, you know, elder brother and I were in school, college, and we had to do things on our own. So my mom, like, you know, mothers are like that, a little more practical, being a woman, experienced it more uh, than the, probably the fathers. She would always tell me, uh, you know what, be careful, don't confront. Just put, uh, you know, take yourself out of the situation. Very, very sane advice. At that point of time, I thought that, you know, she was asking me to uh, be weak. Uh, but later on, I realized that she was actually being practical because I can't fight every man, right? I can't fight every boy. I'm not physically capable of that. But thankfully, my dad also taught me, like, you know, he balanced it out. And I'm so ever grateful for him and my parents, how they did it, that he said, no, go punch him first. Beat him and I'll take care of the rest. You don't worry. So I kind of, you know, balanced it out because honestly, you know, when I grew up, I could take care of myself a little bit. I did start confronting. I remember slapping a guy on the railway station, like a full packed railway station. And this guy comes and he has the audacity to come and grope me with my parents, you know, with my family walking in front and all. And I just turned around and slapped it, slapped him hard in his face. And it was just out of, I didn't think about it. My dad was right behind me and he saw me and he came running, uh, you know, and he obviously grabbed the guy. He gave him two more slaps. Then the cops came and all that. And um, then I, uh, I mean, you know, I've been doing all that. I've carried pins and compasses, uh, traveling back from, uh, you know, late studies, college, late labs, because being the only woman in the auto, men would just, you know, would take that as a easy prey. So then I realized, you know what, I can't all the time start, uh, you know, keep pushing myself uh, in the corner. So I started giving it back as well. But obviously, as mom taught, I kind of had that in my mind as well. I knew that I could not 
uh, fight every guy. There was one time that you won't believe it. It was my own society. It was my own colony. And I was just coming back from the uh, shops and there were a bunch of guys. I had not seen them. They were probably from the nearby village or something. And they saw me and for some reason they just chased me because they did not realize I, I live there. I know the I know the roads. And it was it was shocking. Because you know what? I, I obviously ran. I ran like hell. I, I came up to my house. I shouted at the guards. They chased them away. But I just could not for two days, you know, uh, think beyond the fact that what if they had caught me, Kushal? And that is the dread that we constantly live with. I, I started riding, I mean, you know, obviously, as I said, because I had to be independent earlier. Uh, so I was given a two wheeler. I had to go to my college on that, my school on that. And then, uh, then that starts, I mean, you know, a girl riding a two wheeler on her own or even a cycle for that matter, or even on foot. That's like uh, you are you are giving out our, an invitation to men on the road. It seems that you know, hey, I'm out there. That means you know, it's like to use the very crappy uh, example. I am the lollipop without the wrapper. Please come and tease me. So I'm using this very crappy thing uh, example because that's how they actually see it. Oh, a single girl on a, on foot on a cycle on the you won't believe it how many accidents I've had on my two-wheeler, not because I was riding badly, but because men were chasing me on motorcycles. They were chasing me down. And I had to, like, literally, I was on a much smaller bike. I mean, you know, my bike would not go beyond 60, 70 kilometers per hour. So that was a kind of crazy I have dealt with as well. And there was one instance which I have actually written in one of the articles I had written long back. And it kind of, it's still, it is still there with me somewhere. That is one instance where, which I have not been able to sort of recover from. There was this guy who was on a bike. He comes very close and starts riding next to me. I could not outrun him. I slowed down thinking that, you know, he's on a bike, maybe he will you know get bored and leave me alone he just comes very close he just you know puts his hand out he grabs my breast he squeezes it and he just rides away Kushal I could not catch him I was so helpless I was so angry I uh, basically I sped my bike I could not catch him that is one instance I've not been able to overcome because angry that I was not on something faster I was not on something bigger you know, so that is something which stayed with me and it still hurts pinches me somewhere obviously after that you know uh, start working living in a different country even and all I've learned I've learned to dealt with it I think both Nayanika and Shivangi has mentioned how, how uh, this is the price we pay for being independent having a life of our own and we try to ignore a lot of it, forget a lot of it. Um, now I try to look out for other women, other young women when I see them in public places. I try to do that. The other day I, I was actually doing it at a nightclub. I was with my husband and he was actually sort of finding it a little amusing. 
because I kind of stopped like, you know, drinking, I stopped dancing, I was like not eating and I was not having my own fun because I was so focused on this one girl who I saw was kind of a little hard, like, you know, she was drunk and I was so scared for her because it all was rushing back, you know, all those things, what can happen, oh my God. So these things we live with every day and uh, it's difficult. How do you share it? My parents never tried to uh, sort of hold me back because of these things. All they wanted was for me to stay safe. But I know so many, so many women who would not share such, you know, such instances, such things with their parents or with their family because then the app, you know, the automatic answer would be, okay, you stay back at home. You don't need to go out. I mean, that's the solution. So, yeah, I think let's, uh, you know, hear from some other women and I can always come back. Thanks. All right. Uh, Pramita, uh, uh, I'll like to come to you now. Um, so one place that maybe I did want to talk about was uh, workplace. And uh, when I say workplace, I mean career building. When, when it comes to women building their careers, uh, I don't know. Mujhe bolne ko bhi sharam hai. Ge, matlab, every time you see a particular woman building a career for herself, koi na koi aake, somebody or the other is going to come there and pass some comment as if they're like, okay, I'm not going to swear because... Um, somebody is like a mind reader and they have gone into that person's head and they have literally analyzed what that person's life is <clears throat> and uh, they have decided there is no other way that that particular woman could rise up and, and believe me I have met politicians who have faced this I've met women in corporate world who have faced this. So could you could you maybe talk about that? Uh, yeah. yeah, hi, Kushal. Um, hello, everyone. I mean, it is, in a way, it was therapeutic as well as traumatic to your experiences of others, especially, you know, what all the women have faced. Um, and I agree. I mean, I have not met a single woman who has not, faced any sort of, uh, you know, unwanted sexual advances ever. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, even our previous generations have also faced the same in home or outside. Um, so, obviously, I am no exception. I have uh, faced uh, several cases of unwanted sexual advances over the years in public spaces, um, in public transport, in metro, in a uh, very safe and crowded place like Marine Drive. I have five um, eve-teasing cases which I have registered across in Kolkata as well as in Mumbai. Um, a huge thanks to our judiciary for never taking them up which is, I guess, one reason why women never bother to report cases is because they know that it is pointless, even though the police helps. Uh, and in my case, the police have always helped. Um, but the judiciary 
it really, really, really needs to step up and ensure that all of these cases get a fast track hearing. Um, currently, though, the case that I wanted to speak about and what I had spoken to Kushal as well as uh, Smitadi also is um, not just a, uh, an unwanted sexual advance that faced from someone in the same industry. I'm, I'm an ex-journalist. Um, but also the kind of rejection about the incident that I faced from the so-called um, flag bearer of the Me Too movement. I'm not sure if Kushal would want me to name names. However, I'm sure we all know who that would be. Uh, especially all of us who are active on Twitter know who acts as a flag bearer of Me Too movement in India. Um, so the case that happened to me was um, traumatic at multiple levels because um, it, no, he was not a colleague. I have I have been a journalist for twelve plus years, and I have always been uh, fortunate in the fact that in whichever I have offices I have worked in, I have not really faced any sexual predator. So, uh, but he was from the same industry. He was also a journalist. And um, it why the reason it is more traumatic is because I have known that person um, as a family, friend, son since I was four or five. So we connect at a personal level as well, like at a family level as well. Like our families know each other for years. There are, they keep com coming and going to each other's family functions, family pujas and all of that. Uh, the person in question was somebody I called Mama, for instance. So um, I was obviously, I mean, growing up, we had a lot of, um, you know, family uh, interaction. Uh, however, I was not in touch with this person for the longest time. And then we reconnected when I moved to Delhi and I was working in Delhi. And uh, so there was a time in 2012 when I wanted to leave Delhi and I wanted to go back in Calcutta and work there and stay with my family and um, I was uh, looking for obviously I was looking for a job in Calcutta because the paper I worked for at that time was Delhi based and did not have a Calcutta edition so there was no obviously chance to take a transfer for that matter so I was obviously I mean whoever I knew in the media industry I asked for help and there was this uh, person who was a political editor at one of the um, uh, national newspapers and so yeah so this is the same person that I'm talking about and uh, I asked him you know if you could if he could help me uh, land a job or you know introduce me to the editor of this uh, of the Calcutta edition of this uh, newspaper where he was working and I was absolutely appalled when he was like, I will make sure you get a job if only, you know, in return of a certain sexual favor. I was, you know, I, I remember, you know, I was in the courtyard of the uh, office where I was working when this conversation happened on phone and I came up, I, I hung up the phone on him and I came up absolutely shattered. I'm not somebody who's easily shattered or anything. So my boss at that point of time, he was very, very shocked. He was like, what happened to you? 
and um, i told him and he was very supportive i mean he like he was the first person of support you know first person i met and first person of support uh so yeah so this is when the incident happened years later when the me too movement came up and uh, when i um, texted the so called flag bearer of the me too movement about this um the trauma level simply went up because uh, she said you know what you said cannot be true because this person is my friend bam right there so yeah i mean if you claim to lift up other women if you claim to be the you know uh, crusader of this so called me too movement which is which is considered to be a safe space for women to come out and speak about their experience you know which they have faced um and then if you are behaving like this it's a complete betrayal of that movement in the first place so yeah i mean either do that movement with complete honesty do not defend people even you know even if that person is your friend or father or you know don't do this movement at all that's my only two cents about it um really sorry you had to go through this but shiprita you also wanted to build on uh, the workplace harassment bit uh, so yeah go ahead yes so my first experience with the workplace part was when i had just started working now obviously pramita has actually have faced it externally i was i'm an engineer by profession and i was posted inside a plant which is a factory plant where there were no other girl in engineering level so i was someone who had no one to actually you know express this feeling and i had one person who was senior to me in the organization or rather in my plant not exactly my boss but he was senior to me he he worked in the same unit earlier and he actually came up to me you know i was very young then 22 or 23 years of age and back then you were all alone in the entire plant so when you don't get some time you start doing anything you have some uh, extra time that you just uh, get into it this literally happened to me when i started uh, there were some uh, you know there were some apparatus extra apparatus which was thrown away and i just uh, you know collected it to, to do a some kind of a time pass and i started making a tar out of it nothing specific i don't know from where he saw it and by the way he that guy was at least 60 years of age not a young person he just came to me and he said uh, i mean he said what are you exactly making ye to kuch aur hi lag raha hai literally the word was this for a moment i was so much taken into a back and then he actually showed me another apparatus in which uh, there was something you know you we used to pour in something and then the uh, the actual thing used to come up that is how we used to do that experiment he showed me ye dekh ke samajh mein nahi aaya main kya keh raha hu and that is one line that's long back this person was supposedly a very decent and a very nice person and he literally came to me and said this something which was not at all i don't know how we should do it he explained i mean this was something which was so traumatic to me and literally there was no one who can actually who could have actually believed that this has happened to me because that person was always considered a very nice and a helpful person so and again there were other people who would just say that nahi nahi he is a very old person you should not get into that 
this is one thing which was so traumatic for me and it took me a lot of time to uh, actually cope with that kind of a feeling when you start the working and you're still actually at the age of a 22 23 you're still in your post teen you don't even understand the things and at that point of time people actually come up start making it it's not just the me too movement which has uh, affected in the media or in the big corporate offices small time uh, offices and then uh, the, there are people who will just start uh, making you feel guilty or rather start making you feel uh, the person responsible for being attacked this is uh, in the and that especially happened in the tier 2 tier 3 cities in back in uh, mid mid 2000s this is one thing i wanted to say and uh, <laughs> sorry i just got a bit emotional and the other thing is what i was uh, what i have a feeling is not sure how much uh, others will agree to it that somehow the others the people at that point of time uh, at least uh, in the uh, up till the 2000s they had a backing of some of the bollywood movies which actually showcased uh, the people who made such casual sexual remarks onto the girls as uh, heroes and uh, we also they also some, sometimes probably some of the uh, you know religious texts and everything all those uh, mismatch or all those match they actually prepared it and it was somehow expected that up till a certain level the girl should not feel bad at all that is something you have to uh, face it in fact you will feel, i mean i don't know if any one of you are from the tier 2 tier 3 city is like me there it was stated that if you are out for working itna to accept karna hi padega he did not touch you he did not uh, do anything to you so don't worry at least if if till the time you are not being physically touched there is nothing and you have to face it uh, this was my experience about it just wanted to say that All right, now Shivangi, I'll come back to you. Um, now let's go to part two. Let's let's break the reasons down, and uh, you've heard everyone now. Now yeah. again, let's let's go back to the theoretical perspectives because even my mind is not working now. Yeah. First of all, I'm really sorry for everyone who's gone through this experience, but I want to also get the feminist perspective on this. Which, when we have consciousness raising, and historically it's happened. it's actually about when you share these very difficult experiences that make you anxious and and make your body go through this form of trauma uh we actually realize that when all women and i say all women and not most women when we're making the statement that all women have gone through some form of harassment not dependent on their age whatever society they're coming from class they're coming from caste they're coming from we are all being put through this experience and this is a rape culture and this is this makes us realize that there is an acceptance of violence in the community and by the society right so because of that acceptance uh, we are often told okay let it go because there is also a hierarchy of your sexual harassment and a hierarchy of your violence that you're facing oh but he did not touch you oh but it only happened once and what is actually happening by the end of it is there is a culture of silence that we are facing at every stage of life as a child from our parents it it hurts to critically look at our parents but they're also part of that patriarchal society right uh, it culture of silence that is coming 
forward to in institutions like family or religion or society um, any space that is telling you as a woman you have to tolerate this abuse so when you're actually telling other women that covertly or overtly that you have to tolerate this abuse what you're actually saying is that we are accepting that there is a violent socialization of boys we're accepting toxic masculinity we're accepting this rape culture when actually accepting that you will be fine don't say anything to men because quote unquote boys will be boys now this has to go then to the space of why is there a normalization of violence and why are men being this way men of every age men in every space these experiences that they have shared here we are assuming will sensitize the audience will sensitize the men but the problem is very deeper it is cathartic for us as women to go through these experiences and say yes i also faced it but if you look back what is happening when the boy is growing up so i'm going to go through that quickly to understand where this is going from so you have and i say there is a violent socialization of boys so when you're growing up there's a normalization of uh, bo- uh, of uh, violence you're saying boys will be boys and in the modern society you're saying what makes a real man right who how are you a good man what is real masculinity so you have traditional and very stereotypical norms of masculinity and roles so you have expectations that boys must be active aggressive dominant and they should be real men and they should be adhering to traditional male gender roles what happens is for example the very famous andrew tate and i want to take his name here he will tell oh behave like a man do this to the woman so accepting that this is how aggressively you should go about it that you should show the women their place and there is an inherent biological understanding of it ki women belong in a certain space so what you're saying is when you exercise your mobility in any other space i will harass you and i will violate you to the point and make you obedient and make you the good woman now the good woman definition will change across religion but it will remain the same you are a good woman who follows the rules and the molds of what society has told you you move ahead your parents want you to safely and they want to protect you under patriarchy and say one day i will get my uh, my girl married to a good man right i will protect her sorry to say but virginity right it is all about the honor it is all about the fact how do we protect the woman so and and coming back to the space that i am not making a bad woman out of my daughter i am not making what something has happened to you they don't want your body to be violated because if you bring back to your body it is then not in the definition of purity and pollution pure anymore therefore there is a strong culture of silence acha tumhare sath child sexual abuse hua i am sorry but we will not take a stand for example or like it happens at your workplace oh but he's a friend right so you are trying to there's a strong impunity because women in itself are also taking part in this rape culture in the misogyny in the patriarchy because they are are uh, negotiating patriarchy and they are by being close to dominant men gaining power out of the situation right i am if i go for example if someone's complained against their boss and the other person's like oh no he's a friend of mine you are trying to have a false sense of loyalty to what is wrong and what is against uh, women and against everything that is morally correct morally where you're trying to 
have a gender equal space so when you look at violence and how it is done and how men and boys are violently socialized into believing that this is what makes you a right man so you have to keep the woman you have to keep your sister in check you have to harass okay it's okay to harass holy hai bura mat mano i will harass you so what she is sensitive she is uh, she is someone who has a subjective reality of things you will have other men supporting that because men are supporting men but women aren't supporting women why because of course they are also learning that why should i adhere to being loyal to other women because women do not largely have power in any space right if i support someone as a friend or someone in any space the woman who has gone through any form of harassment i am not getting anything out of it so this is the game of power this is the game of unequal gender world this is a game of where men are in a modern society being told you be aggressive it's okay for you to do this it is the idea and impunity that this is okay to do this you can loiter you can hang in groups you can sexually harass this is what makes you a man now going ahead into what can be done about it and also one more thing just to add everyone shared their different experiences but there will be people who will be like oh but itna bura to nahi hua tumhare sath right oh but he just touched you as he just pressed your chest oh he could have raped you so everyone's living in that fear of violence oh thank god at least that didn't happen to us imagine where women are taking literal pins and compasses with themselves because they fear their life because men out there just believe they can harass why because they feel nothing nobody will do anything against them that is where it's come down to i do not fear anything i am above the law i am above the law of the land i am above women mere ghar wale mujhe kuch nahi bolenge i will slut shame the woman i will do whatever i want police will start slut shame court will slut shame she will be alone because she does not have support now coming back to what can women do i strongly believe and i bring in my work experience here when i was in tata institute there's the special cell that is social workers that are placed in police system for domestic violence cases and other sexual harassment cases the whole idea of that program was that you are placing social worker in the police system and getting that power of the police so that the man understands that there is someone who can bring you back to your place that women can be protected not from a patriarchal space but actually protected and the responsibility of the state so what is the responsibility of the state and the government here where some women are wanting to enter the labor force women are wanting to go work women are working hard in tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 cities but you have an acceptance of this violence in the country and that is being accepted and not even regulated it is being celebrated from your religion from your family from your caste so like the previous podcast that kushal we did about caste masculinity oh tum to tum to isi caste ke ho hum log to aise hi hote hain hum to aise hi karte hain now coming back to what should women do i strongly suggest the onus i request women if someone harasses you which is not sexual harassment in the public space we can't that we can't have evidence of in a in a formal space in a workspace in your any space create evidence take your screenshots have correct documentation and be confident find the and i say this on this podcast find feminist spaces that will support you that will take you to justice uh do you want me to share more about how to approach police or what kind of services are there ha ha bol bol okay. bol please please 
Okay. So uh, there are a lot of, I think at first, if we go step by step in terms of intervention, it is about reporting, right? The first step is reporting. The first step is, do I want to report? I am coming from anxiety of what will happen if I report. Important part is, it is a sad society here. It is a violent space, but we have to report. We have to come out in your own faces so that we can tell and explain that this is wrong. So when you are, you can report under the Vishakha guidelines in the posh uh, the for sexual harassment, you have stalking cases 354. You have many sections that were given by Justice Verma in that you have a lot of them where you can file for stalking, for immodesty. You go and you demand justice from the police. It is the responsibility of the state and the police to provide that protection to you. Nobody can harass you like that. You create that form of evidence. You take screenshots. You have witnesses. Do not inform people just by call. Inform them on messages so you have proof to say this harassment has happened to me. And we will fight it together. But you have uh, social workers that are placed in police system. You have, uh, I, I will create a list and I'll send it uh, to Kushal who can share it then on Twitter. There are a lot of, um, what do you say, uh, spaces that are NGO spaces that work with violence. You have police that have social workers that are there that can help you, support you. You obviously, for the individual, you have a lot of therapists who work with trauma and then can support you throughout. But just to say, it also becomes very easy to make it clinical. Because then what happens is you're putting the onus on the man and saying, man is psycho. Usne kuch galat kiya. But what you're actively trying to do is you're going, removing your own accountability from that situation and saying, oh, as a society, we are not wrong. There is something problem with the individual. A particular man is wrong. No, all of you are wrong. All of you have been there where you've not supported someone. You only support it because uh, you... Mary Behen hai, Mary Ma hai, or in that very patriarchal sense of thing, I will protect that I own in terms of a wife or in terms of who I am related to. But not the other, not the quote unquote bad woman. Now, bad woman's definition, just I'll, I'll end this and then we can take it forward, is anyone who is not following what you think is right. Oh, why is she wearing that? Why is she drinking like that? Why is she standing so close? Why is she talking so loudly? Why is she eating, eating uh, this? Anything and everything that they believe is wrong. So, um, yeah. Fair enough. All right. So now I want to focus on something which is, uh, it is like a necessary uh, evil because, I mean, at the end of the day, even this discussion is happening on a social media platform. Um, so, uh, Joga, uh, to, 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 to world famous on social media, <laughs> So, what is the problem with social media? Pe? Yeah, I'm world famous on social media. Pe and, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually one of the uh, top contenders of uh, the most hated women on social media, on Twitter. And uh, so, basically, I think Shiprita mentioned about Bollywood, right? So, she said that uh, Bollywood obviously uh, had this uh, set, you know, formula. Ladki ko chedna is part of the hero's kiare. Wo pehle half mein chedega, usko gaane gaega, usko patayega, us tarah se. Like you know, we remember all the world famous movies that we used to, we have watched up growing like Dill and you know Khiladi and all that. And we all have enjoyed it with mindlessly. 
but uh, growing up we have realized yes they have uh, sort of created a culture of how society or how young men growing up also see women and how they think that this is how you're supposed to behave to get women or to attract their attention so here on the point of social media i would like to say that honestly i feel social media has replaced bollywood when it comes to carrying forward that same mindset so we have people like you know andrew tate and uh, our world famous a uh, hindu sir i mean you know he's uh, he's the, he's the <laughs> andrew tate of our trad uh, community bahut hi badhiya amazing threads likhte hain kabhi padhna kushal aise muh mat banao kabhi padho bahut enlightenment aayegi life mein <laughs> so <laughs> but the fact is that that yes bollywood obviously does not do all those things anymore but social media does there are men out there and catfish and some women who are carrying that entire mindset forward by telling people uh, that you are supposed to harass women you are supposed to keep them under your thumbs and how to do it how to do it how you are supposed to uh, you know uh, oppose the whole empowerment of women so the very easiest path to keeping women obedient keeping controlling women that power comes from uh, you know see this sexual harassment and any kind of sexual harassment sexual harassment is verbal also right written is uh, sexual harassment as well people get sexually harassed like you know they are thre- they are threatened they are abused they are trolled on social media and that all that has psychological effects and i have you have experts on the panel to uh, you know talk about it but we all know it has it affects women and i know women honestly on my tl who have been abused and it gets to them so much that they have to deactivate from time to time like everybody is not uh, sort of rhino skinned like me ki bhaiya tumne gaali di maine tumko gaali di ho gaya that's fine but a lot of women they have to disconnect they have to leave the space so this is again a form of you know continued so the here men are still learning how to uh, you know uh, continue uh, with the old age format and uh, i feel that we need more people sort of i mean what 2023 year they we need more men to uh, sort of come up and help us out in the sense kon baat karega with these men who will talk about uh, all these people who are doing uh, you know making these threads making these videos putting them on social media because see for the group of women like us who do it we absolutely get labeled instantly and a, a army of trolls are sent behind us Uh, there are so there's uh, these funny terms they use for us those weird uh, spellings vehemins evil vehemins feminists and stuff like that they call us shaktis you know distorting the uh, you know those terms and all basically it's all form of abuse we take it day in and day out uh, because honestly for me i feel that you know why should i let my space go but not every woman would think like that yeah i mean it is a form of a, a, a mental harassment and honestly what i feel is 
and this is where i was connecting with to bollywood because a lot of my good friends tell me and i used to believe it myself that social media is not real so people who behave uh, irrationally here or you know like this badly here may not be doing it in real lives i'm sorry to say i don't believe that anymore i feel that these men who are behaving absolutely obnoxiously on social media under the cover of anonymity are exactly like how they are they would be out there harassing trying to figure out ways of oppressing women in different ways and we need to talk about how to curb all this so yeah if you want to bring in somebody uh, like probably uh, nainika or somebody yeah actually i did have a question nainika how does one counsel such young men just say say so one of the struggles i'll share my own struggle nainika with you i i've told this to you so many times in our private conversations also like if i meet young men so i'll give you a demographic okay um youtube i don't know how to say is overwhelmingly the, the dominated by male listeners it's one of the biggest reasons i am doing this is i want all these young men to maybe you know listen and uh, realize like how nayanika how does a person like me because naturally mujhse zyada ladke baat karenge for statistical reasons i'm not saying it for any other reason just purely statistical reasons so how do if i was to come to you nayanika how do i counsel them like how do i tell them ki yaar beta aisi harkatein nahi karte and these are the reasons in simplified language nanika if you could maybe explain that so i so so i think the simplest way is probably how you would tell a child not to do something which is to say how would how would you feel if somebody did that to you and this actually does apply to sexual harassment as well because um i see quite often men saying about gay gay men i'm scared of them i don't know what they'll do to me um they groped me and you know i believe i believe a lot of that um uh, and and i'm not saying by any means that all all gay men are going away, are going around groping straight straight men but but i do believe that uh, the ones who have said that have had these experiences so 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 i think and uh, so so i think you know it's quite true to say that men do understand what consent is because they completely understand when it's a gay men uh, when it's gay men gro- groping them you know they completely say oh oh i never agreed to that i never showed any interest in him why, why is he uh, doing doing this so the easiest way the the simplest way i wouldn't say the easiest way but the simplest way with a child is when you say um how would how would you feel if this happened to you and to say how would how would you feel if if you were in a bus and and an older man grabbed your crotch how would that make you feel or and the and the are similar examples say say 
around that. Uh, so, or the the other thing which I don't encourage, but I've seen people do do it because it appeals to patriarchy. Unfortunately, is how would you feel if it was your sister or your wife or something? And in my opinion, that doesn't work uh, because men always tend to say if it was my sister she wouldn't be out out at night at nine o'clock yeah and if it was my wife she would be at home cooking so it wouldn't apply to her i really think that it's very hard to educate individual men except by uh, trying to instill some kind of uh, empathy in them uh, and uh, and i think you know uh, like somebody had mentioned uh, the the engineering space. And I think especially with young people who've done competitive exams, engineering or medicine, they've been, or, or the IS exams, whether they get it or not, they're, they're out of normal society for so long that they no longer re realize how normal people act and behave. And so they often uh, uh, they they often do do things that uh, if they if they had exposure to women and they knew that some that things upset women as well, it might not happen. Now there are some people who are actually empowered by the fact that it upsets women and that encourages them more but uh but there 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 is a section of people who just don't see of men who just and and some women who just don't see women as equal and complete hu human beings who have feelings and uh, uh, and people who will be upset so 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 i so i think that's important the other thing I'd say is that until you look at society at large, it's very hard to uh, look at individual men. Uh, and and that's why often when we talk about rape culture, people are angry because they say Indian culture is, is great culture and it's not rape culture and things like that. And I think that's a lack of understanding what the word rape culture actually means. It actually means a society or a culture which which uh, does no nothing to put off rape. Like most rapes aren't reported and, uh, and, and if something happens, it's only ever the woman who suffers for for it and is blamed for it in pu public so so i would say absolutely there there is a rape cu culture so i think it's really important that men who who sexually harass women are are made to feel that that behavior is is inappropriate but it also means that you start educating boys at a young age before they start doing any of this. And that might mean that you tell seven and eight year old boys or even younger that they can't do this. And I can foresee problems with that because some people would probably say, 
uh, you're taking away their innocence and things like that. But I would point out that uh, the first time I was groped, I think, was probably about, I, I hadn't been in India long, and I think I was about eight or nine years old. So when young girls aren't able to protect their their innocence, why is it not okay to try and teach young young boys about what is appropriate behavior? Uh, the and the the other thing I think is that even now I don't think there's anything in schools to teach young young boys about what they can and can't do. Um, sex education should include some education about relationships and it should and it should include uh, some education that if you're interested in in a woman it's one thing to ask her out but it's not appropriate to go up and group and group her but but i think even now in most schools i don't think this is ha happening i'm not talking about the posh international IB schools here. I don't think it's happening in your average school, um, and and I think that is really important. The 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 other issue, and and I think again at a systems level that we need to address. There was a woman on on Twitter whom I won't name uh, because she's no lo longer there. But some of the the others here, and I. And I don't know if you remember, but in, but at a Mumbai railway station, she was groped, and she tried to make a police case about that. And the police actually said to her, "Why are you spoiling these boys' lives?" And uh, and people on Twitter were demanding evidence, like, "Why didn't you take a video of these men groping you?" And eventually she left, and I think that uh, has affected her quite ba badly. I'm not in touch with her, but she was affected by, by it. And I think it's important for the police and the court system to realize that um, th that if you don't act on it, it's not neutral. You know, it's uh, that people tend to think, oh, we didn't listen to her and so we didn't do anything so it's neutral but it's not you've taken the boys side the men's side by not making a, a complaint about it and and what he's learned is that he can keep doing doing this and to think of the of the audacity to do such a thing in 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 a busy ra railway station at eight o'clock in the morning in mumbai and still be able to get away with it is, um, uh, I mean, it shows that it wasn't their first time and it wouldn't be their last. And that applies to most se sexual predators, actually, that uh, they're very re rarely one-off one offenders. It's, and, and, this, and this idea that um, some, some man is so struck by what you're we wearing or, or your great be beauty or whatever it's it's a ridiculous uh, thing to think so so i think we do have to look at the 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 individual but as long as society keeps keeps encouraging violence against women and i think it does what we do can only be quite 
limited. Um, but I do think that if more men knew what oh, what an effect it has on women around them, most women don't just go home. And even if we don't think about it, uh, things like this happening every every day, it, it builds it builds up and it has an effect on us. And I'm and um, although I've heard so much, I was still I've. I've just heard so much that in my practicing life and otherwise that I didn't think that anything could shock or surprise me, but I'm still moved by what I've heard here today. Thanks. All right. So, Pramita, you wanted to make a point on the police and the judiciary. So please come in. Yeah, so I want to just speak about a recent incident which I have not personally faced, but it happened with my flatmate a few months back, and I remember reading about it as well. It is uh, and also very surprisingly, this happened in Mumbai. I mean, um, we all go out in Mumbai at all hours of the day and night, right? And I actually, uh, you know, even if I'm taking a rickshaw at 3 a.m., I always go to sleep in the rickshaw. And thankfully nothing untoward has happened to me but this is something that uh, my flatmate faced in uh, varsova where uh, you know she had boarded a rickshaw to come home and the rickshaw took her in the opposite direction and uh, when she asked the rickshaw to stop he the rickshaw guy didn't and he just kept on going and she was contemplating jumping off uh, when uh, thankfully there was a police patrol car and the rickshaw stopped so i remember when she came back home she was like completely shaken and all and um, well i have this habit of you know something like this happens to me the first thing i will do is i will go to the cops but not all women will do that um however she her mom pushed her to go to the cops and i remember taking her to the uh, dnagar police station um, that very same day and uh, we spent about an hour hour and a half trying to convince the cops that this has actually happened and uh, while my flatmate gave like exact location exact timing everything which could be corroborated um the the rickshaw number was also given and the guy was chased and all however they simply refused to lodge an fir which is the first step to taking an action in cases like these uh, so i mean okay this could be a one off case because uh, you know my experience with the police has always been good um but this could be a one off case uh, however since i faced this personally i was there in the police station i tried to convince the uh, the officer in charge to take an fir um but it did not happen they refused to take the fir um but if this i mean i'm i'm not sure if this has become a regular practice in police stations because you know if a crime is not reported then you don't have to investigate it right so it's an easy way to show that you know the numbers against uh, you know numbers of crime against women is low so are, is the police trying to uh, you know evade their responsibility what is going on also is is this becoming a common thing in uh, police stations uh, in mumbai what happened i mean the a lot of you know it took a lot of you know tweets consistently and then the you know dnagar police station sent an officer um, a senior officer 
at my building at 5 am that day to take down a written complaint you know i had we had spent two hours in the in the police station trying to get that done and after a lot of tweets and uh, they finally sent a senior officer at 5 am which i i mean even though they had like the entire uh, you know uh, a bunch of cops and a lady uh, police uh, but 5 am when i tried to spend like i when i spent 2 hours in the police station trying to register a complaint it was it was insane in the first place uh, another uh, thing that i would really like to highlight here is the role of the judiciary i mean we the police is a first you know line of uh, you know um, releasing your frustration right we often say that you know we we don't go to the police because the police doesn't do anything but in a lot of cases even when the police does you know become proactive and register a case and manage to investigate it um the judiciary just don't wake up if you know a, a very very uh, easy way to deal with simple you know crimes i i won't uh, sorry i won't call it a simple crime it is a traumatic crime some but things like you know eve teasing cat calling molestation could be reduced considerably if there was fear of the law but you know our judiciary with its um with its lack of any pace has ensured that none of these people in even though the laws are strong they have ensured that none of these people have any fear of the law because everybody knows are kya hoga ye court to kabhi we will get away with it so this this feeling of getting away with it also leads to a you know a sense of misplaced courage in these men who think ki are kya kya hoga kuch nahi hoga ek to ladki complain nahi karegi ladki complain karegi bhi to police action nahi legi police action liya bhi to kya hoga judge to kabhi uthayenge bhi nahi and i know this personally because you know i have never seen any of my five cases come up uh, for a single hearing also in uh, the lower courts so i mean if something like this if crimes against women are taken so lightly by the judiciary then how will crimes against women ever come down if action is never taken if the you know the perpetrators are never punished why will they be have any fear of the law why will they bother to even think you know what they're doing is wrong got it yeah it is a problem shiprita you wanted to say something uh, uh you can come in yes kushal i actually wanted to say that uh, uh, like hearing these traumatic experiences has it something to do with the overall psyche that has been built up across uh, generations or you can say not generations uh, probably centuries or maybe millennia you uh, if you see all the major uh, cults or all the major religions all the major stories that we come across all have you know they have portrayed women as some kind of a property that you possess even if you see the crime against women is not so much taken as a crime against that women but against the against the family to which that woman belongs into uh, we have people we have uh, stories where or not just stories we have rules that an abduction of an unmarried girl is not a crime if you actually end up marrying that woman so this is something which has been so much into it and as i read through it 
even some of the people which from my childhood and i didn't mean uh, present day the are uh, epic heroes are story heroes are uh, like national heroes those people also sometimes come to me as were they really as great as we think of them so i think that this psyche has been built across generations for a time uh, immemorable you can say that just wanted to add this yeah on that chipita what you know i don't know how many over here know about this but um, like for the longest time people have to realize uh, and i have to come in here because we don't have a female lawyer unfortunately so i just i'm just bringing this point i don't know if shivangi knows about this like english common law shivangi uh was yeah. based in this entire concept of women are tilt i don't know if you remember this uh and and unfortunately i if i have to explain to the people women are tilt ka arth kya hota hai women are tilt means they are baby making factories i did not make this up religions did so if you want uh, you have a problem with that people who are listening to this or watching this bhai apna gussa jaake nikalo religions ke upar maine nahi kiya tha it directly stems from this religious conception of what women are supposed to be and english common law clearly had that women are tilt concept and a lot of things there now obviously uh, the the law slowly is getting over these um, what do i call them shivangi absurdities what, what is the most correct word i can use over here i don't know maybe i'm raising a chinier i think when it comes to law and religion it's it's all interrelated right like it's stereotyping the notion of a good woman by the end of the day it's that right women who procreate therefore and, like and, the, and yeah. can i just say this on the record all religions exactly mai bol raha hu all religions before somebody gets triggered sare ke sare ek jaise hain exactly okay yeah so uh, even for like the honorable court or you have um, you know other institutions like religion the judges the police the your first point of contact in the end your 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 lawyers your male lawyers your female lawyers everyone is functioning under the same notion of what society decides as a good woman what society decides as what is what is right and what is wrong so in that patriarchal stereotype to break it to the t is that in your patriarchal social order your good woman is obedient virgin submissive makes children aesthetically pleasing and the bad woman is everything that is the other which is that someone who's aggressive hysterical not obedient rebellious sexually active exercises of physical mobility therefore there's always that notion that if anything bad happens that is sexual abuse if that happens it will only happen to bad women if they're saying it or not saying it they're believing that the court is also believing that with cases that like where you had a huge judgment in tarun tejpal which was talking about what is a perfect victim or with bishop franco which was talking about why didn't you why did you only uh, she said oh he had uh, he ha- he raped me 13 times and he said oh but you did not repeat it again if you go through that judgment that's different uh, so eventually even for the court and even for everything that they're trying to define what who deserves society's empathy right that is what it is so a loose woman will be an extension of the bad woman so therefore she will have untrustworthy character either she's having premarital sex pre like pre marriage outside her marriage multiple partners etc now in terms of what happens in court because i have done that work on like judgments like i was telling you is that they look at reliability right and they say that reliability is consistent 
consistent across time so you're saying items which is internal consistency or you're saying across like um, researchers and you're saying if something is reliable in terms of evidence you can trust it right that's the inherent quality of evidence so in direct or circumstantial evidence what happens is with victim narrative what the court tries to do and even the police tries to do and we as society try try to do is we are saying that the victim narrative is therefore not consistent across time and across items so you are questioning the consistency on the ability of the victim or the survivor to recall so you will ask many questions your information will be have you shared this information with fellow witnesses then they'll be like what if you share about act of any kind of harassment rape etc are you timely consistently creating and informing other witnesses are you having reliable information and this this very what you say positivist or scientific idea of inherent quality of evidence then gets informed by our socialization which is that you try to argue trust and ability to trust women because the part of gender stereotyping and socialization is again rooted in our patriarchal upbringing no chahe wo judge ho chahe main hu chahe lawyer ho chahe social worker ho chahe individuals ho that women do not inherently share the truth right so you are basing it on the dicta that women are subjective and men are objective right so you have that positivist difference ki aadmi to objective truth dega maine nahi kiya but women ki subjectivity change hoti rehti hai so how am women interacting with each other why is the victim not informing of the rape then wo court of law mein jab aap summon hote ho to wo yahi aapke evidence aapke against use hote hain to ek sense mein dekha jaye to it is you are in in a form of court of law even in your life right like did it happen okay what happened and isme of course maybe nainika can add more is the psychological aspect of when you go through something traumatic do you do you even remember in that post trauma what went through you like for example in the tarun tejpal case if they go through the judgment oh but you said this oh but you said this happened in the lift but then something happened outside why were you laughing why were you laughing with the person so this is exactly like actually understanding the survivors mindset and like how she explains what she's gone through and also when it comes to court of law understanding the judges themselves are coming from the very society and hating on women right like they are misogynist and they are coming with language which even justice chandrachud recently said they're going to come up with some form of gender glossary but it is the fact that your language is patriarchal you are talking about equality before law and equality equal protection of law and it's your fundamental right under article 14 etc but you are by the end of it you're saying things that are like should be treated are like that's not what is happening right men are not men are superior and that is what even the court of law is showing right yeah nanika please speak you just said and that's true that often often in court the issue becomes and it and it especially becomes a big issue with um cases of historical uh, sexual abuse how many of the details you get right now uh, now when i talk about historical sexual abuse i'm talking about things that happened year, years and year, years ago and uh, and defense law- lawyers will often ask things like where did you go after that and uh, and if you just went to pick your child up from work then isn't from child care then isn't that odd because such a thing had happened or or they might say something like 
what what were you wearing on that that day now now unfortunately because of the way that our mem- memory works when something like like this happens it completely uh, plays plays havoc with the bu- building blocks of of our mem- memory and and that is why often uh, people um, in order to deal with it as well they might do something which is called dissociation which sort of means that they uh, no longer have a connection with the fe- feelings that they're having and uh, and and to be honest even when i hear about some things i can feel it starting to happen uh, and it's quite it's quite a normal thing um, but but as as a result of it happening over and and over again it it plays hap- havoc with your memory but even if it happens once you might not remember all the de- details uh, you might not remember if he touched your left breast first or your right breast first or whether he touched your shoulder first and often when women can't say these things then uh, you hear comments from men and women how can you not remember what happened but often people actually don't and uh, and and it's completely normal not to remember every single de- detail of an of an incident and i don't think courts have come to realize this uh, and and we completely saw that with the tejpal case but but i've seen it in lots of other ca- cases that such and such a woman was not a reliable witness because she could not say xyz and xyz might have absolutely nothing to do with the actual assault but uh, the judge has has decided that uh, that makes her uh, makes makes her a bad witness and i quite often think think i think you know that our civil and criminal law it's not that different from what sharia law calls for which is to have uh, four male witnesses to to a rape it's not actually that different because everybody wants um, either a medical examination after a rape or they want uh, people to have seen it or they want a video of it and and this is actually often impossible so um, and so so people uh, so charges and juries trying to say that uh, oh, you don't remember this it couldn't have happened this is a really common pro- problem and the other thing is that if you have ptsd in particular you will often f- forget um whole parts of of the assault completely and uh, and this is why there uh, for some time there was a controversy about if if all the women who were remembering previous se- sexual assaults if they actually happened but we now know that 
almost all of them it actually did did happen it's not as if all these women were were imagining it by by and large it's been it's been found that those cases did did happen and i'm talking about cases in which the women didn't uh, they it's called the recovered mem- memories uh, syndrome and if people are interested in looking it up they uh, they can um often if you have ptsd a memory might suddenly just come back to you and and sometimes they might be good memories as as well and i think charges don't don't understand that memories don't work like a computer's memory there's a lot of interaction in between emotion and memory and uh, and the need to be educated around this because otherwise they otherwise they can't be ju- justice for this thanks all right shivangi you wanted to come in but before shivangi i just wanted to make one important point on evidence which i i think i should add over here so i've been trying to follow some of these um, i'm just using the innocence project in america as an example shivangi over here where they fight for falsely accused uh, people who you know spent 20 years 25 years in jail and a lot of times what i understood what actually goes off as evidence um in in the justice system where they go by memory is not reliable so uh while i completely understand that the cross examination that a woman has to go through is actually very gross and unfair but how do we solve this problem it needs a much more nuanced scientific approach in my opinion and un- unfortunately uh, as of now science whether we like it or not does not have all the answers yeah so shivangi you can come in now it depends if you see feminist theory as science right akushal <laughs> that's a different look look, look I, you know me uh, i'm friends with you i will only go by what evidence says i i cannot i got no god in my life so you know where i come from yeah uh, i think when you're talking about the evidence part of it it's also requires a lot of training when it comes to uh, gender based violence with with practitioners and understanding victim narrative and and criminal law so i think that is that part of it which i know many people are doing in the uk more so in the uk than the us um i wanted to quickly bring just one more point which is the difference which i guess like people keep saying and repeating is the difference between western and indian women the court has also many a time said oh this person's a gold digger woman and behaving like a western woman and also to simplify here that for them and for society the indian woman then largely either is a hindu woman right or is believing in any indian god that is there is submissive is uh, as the court say pativrata or sacrificial and the western woman or anyone who is influenced by the west and that therein um, you have uh, words like oh, oh, a feminist or someone who is uh, who is too too forward you is the other woman which is the promiscuous single not family oriented rebellious similar to the good and bad woman and uh, i wanted to bring this here because uh, the ideas of freedom and equality then the exercising it in terms of the western woman and, and not deconstructing it and being like there is no binary of western and indian woman 
and just to add because i read this um, what uh, ram madhav sir had written in the hindutva paradigm he had one uh, if if i may like he'd written about i was reading through his book and he said like new feminism has come to represent the negation of social order and discipline individualism and rejection of family so i'm bringing in religion where there's the importance of family in dharma tradition right and saying that feminists or or western women are, are breaking and rejecting the very idea of family structure right so you are having also the court which is also agreeing and resonating the right wing narrative right you also having the schools the family etc and saying that neo feminist or anything that's western is breaking the social order so we all can sit here and decide like we need more trainings we need more education at the school level we have to explain our, uh, the boys we have to explain the courts but somewhere we all have to decide what are we trying to explain right because the if religion is deciding a certain social order and 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 it's it's anti women per se then then what are we actually then coming down to and being like this is what we want to uh, propagate sorry i'm just i needed that yeah No problem, Shipita. You wanted to say something about uh, some of your favorite movies. <laughs> What? Which favorite movie have you? You're not audible, Shipita. I think uh, we we've lost you. So uh, in the meantime, when Shipita fixes her audio, um, Joga, you wanted to say something. Come in uh, before we we wrap it up. sure um just uh, like as shivangi was talking about this entire you know her last piece and i just wanted to like you know add to it nothing new but this whole thing um you know this whole modern how how easily uh, what society is doing is it's like um push, uh, brushing things under the carpet everybody knows women go through these kind of uh, traumatic experiences day in and day out right but instead of sort of addressing it at a social level it's obviously easier to uh, either brush things under the carpet or create these further divisions oh uh, modern women women like you you are asking for it see all the good women who stay back at home who are uh, you know uh, who are obedient who are listening to us they don't go through all this so as you can see a lot of uh, you know you did ask me not to read through the comments but some of them i did read and uh, you know again this whole uh, narrative that it is a certain type of women who are getting assaulted no children are getting getting assaulted they are no type when they are growing up right as uh, nayanika said as as i shared my experience we are we are no type we are getting assaulted and people are asking uh, you know such things to be not talked about it's not good it let's keep it all and then obviously once you grow up it's like oh you are too independent you are too outspoken so obviously you are asking for it so this is something i think you know apart from obviously yes the judiciary is not doing much uh, you know they they need to pull up their socks the police needs to do more uh, you know but overall i think somewhere the society i don't i don't know how because who uh, sort of leads the society there's no common consensus but everybody on their own men women women who like to side with these men uh, men who get defensive because they are they think they are the good men because obviously they have not done anything like this ever but 
fine i mean you know i'm not saying all men are uh, like this right it's there are plenty of good men we know them the reason that we exist also because is partly because there are enough good men around but the fact is that stop getting defensive when we are we when we are sharing our trauma when we are talking about these things when we are sharing our experiences and i'm talking about because we i mean you know we end up spending so much time on social media so i keep on going back to the same point of social media so when we women are saying something on social media they're ex- they're sharing their experiences don't jump in with your defensive stance oh not all men we do this we don't do this and all are bhai sun to lo are we accusing you of something or you know are we saying everybody is doing it we are sharing it because we want firstly to uh, you know share it because that kind of helps us uh get over it a little bit and we also want people to understand what we go through day in and day night day out and we want more people to you know help us in this situation if you're a good man then you know sort of stop being defensive you are good you don't have to prove it you just need to help out when it's required so yeah that's what i wanted to say for all the touchy people out there thanks kushal <laughs> Shapita is your is your mic fixed now I hope so is it clear yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah. so i was saying that lately we have come across with a lot of uh, feminist movies which was probably meant to showcase the importance of consent or the uh, you know the feelings of women while i completely am okay with that but uh, you know they have also somehow hit the wrong chord i guess lately all these movies they have been uh, like uh, the series on amazon prime i don't remember the name there was a movie of karina kapoor and uh, this swara bhaskar sonam uh, kapoor veer the wedding all of these have limited a feminist or a powerful uh, women into uh, you know someone who drinks who smokes who has multiple partners while i am completely not judging any of those girls but what has this has affected is that uh, i have actually seen people now relating that any women who any woman who speaks about feminism any woman who actually says that yes uh, we have the right or we need our space personal space is only that girl or that woman we, who needs to who wants to have a multiple uh, sec, uh, multiple uh, partners uh, for you know relationships for uh, sl- sleeping with them that has uh, the, this uh, i'll say of this has actually taken a very completely wrong uh, turn and now many women or many men actually rather uh, feel that these women actually have come up they now they are the same kind of women as shown in the movies and they will not have any issue with it they have not taken the actual meaning of the consent but everything else from there has been taken up into it i think uh, somehow feminist movies or feminism should uh, feminism should actually showcase the females it's not only about uh, you know doing the same things which we consider wrong from the guys perspective as well i just wanted to add a few lines on that sure okay so i guess uh, we've covered pretty much everything there is um 
I just wanted to read a few things in the end because Mita could not come to the podcast. So she had just sent me these recommendations. So I just wanted to read them too because I think I have a lot of respect for her. So she had said that areas that we should cover, I think we've covered pretty much all of this, was what kind of people become sexual predators? Is it something to do with economic class, social status, or can a predator come from any class i think we pretty much established that it is uh, you know across class caste creed religion what makes predators do what they do you've heard uh, uh, nanika speak eloquently on that and then there are multiple reasons like watching violent or explicit porn this is especially damaging early in life where a person doesn't have the intellectual resources to process what they have seen violent porn desensitizes people increases hostility towards women and makes such behavior seem acceptable abuse in childhood which could be sexual physical or emotional through neglect general attitudes about women which could be cultural or specific to a family poor impulse control especially when combined with drug or alcohol use poor social skills and issues around intimacy power seeking and uh, entitlement so what basically smita was trying to say over here was that there is no single factor that can explain sexual predators that that you know these are multiple variables that are at play all the time and uh, and it it goes from one variable to the other variable so my my reason for doing this today was look i know average youtube ka listener base here youtube bolta hai humko mujhe nahi pata bhaiya is 95% men i was shocked like major men mere case mein i think it is 89 point something percent men youtube bolta hai mujhe nahi malum so to all of you who are going to watch this i want you to think and listen to what the women had to say very carefully and again you know a lot of people are like are aapne ye bola aapne wo bola religion ka point main aapko kuch cheeze padhke sunana chahta hu suno jhelo deuteronomy 22 23 to 27 if there is a young woman a virgin emphasis there already engaged to be married and a man meets her in the town and lies with her you shall stone them to death the young woman because she did not cry for help and the man because he violated his neighbor's wife if the woman is not engaged the man who lay with her shall give 50 shekels of silver to the young woman's father and she shall become his wife this is the bible old testament i am reading this literally from the bible the old testament nahi nahi aur hai surah an-nisa 9.34 i'm just using one translation i could use four i'm using the most charitable one by the way men are the caretakers of women as men have been provisioned by allah over women and tasked with supporting them financially and righteous women are devoutly obedient and when alone protective of what allah has entrusted them with and if you sense ill conduct from your women advise them first if they persist do not share their beds but if they still persist then discipline them gently actually other translations use the word strike them so i'm impressed with this translation but if they change their ways do not be unjust to them surely allah is most high and all great don't worry i'm reading the manuspriti too aise thoda main chhod deta tha manuspriti 2.213 it is the nature 
of women to seduce men in this world. For that reason, the wise are never unguarded in the company of females. मैं टू दॉट टू वन फोर भी पढ़ सकता था मगर मैं चलो सबका एक एक पढ़ा तो मनुस्मृति का भी एक पढ़ा वट आई वॉन्ट टू सेजन इज द सोल रीजन फॉर दिस नो नो वी टूडे वी डिस्कस मूवीज वी डिस्कस मेनी अदर रीजन बट इफ यू आर अ डिसेंट ह्यूमन बींग वट यू नीड टू रियलाइज टूडे इज दैट and what hurt me the most and i in fact i shared this with all the women who came today to speak I, and these these women know me at a personal level they have spoken with me offline they know my biggest grouse with the entire subject when it comes to subjects like this is that sexual predators are not left wing or right wing are not hindu or muslim they exist everywhere this could have been the one subject where everybody irrespective of their political ideology could have come together and dealt with it but as we saw in the me too movement and this is the first time i'm actually commenting on the me too movement that entire movement also got derailed is because it got into petty political tribalism when it should not have been but it did in fact you heard one of the people who was at the receiving end of that today so my request to all of you is that don't make your political tribalism so important so important that you forget you are a human being first you could be a muslim a christian a hindu or a disbeliever like me but you are a primary primarily you are a human being first so don't lose uh don't lose your innate humanity is all i'm requesting so once again before i wrap it up i want to thank all the women who came here today so uh, so from the bottom of my heart nayanika shivangi yoga shiprita pramita had to leave she had some work so i want to thank her too and i want to thank all the women who who emailed me believe me your st- stories remain with me some of them were horrifying i i when i was reading them i i just i was speechless and some boys also wrote to me who were raped yes and and trust me boys i read your stories too and i empathize completely with what you have gone through too and maybe one day i will even talk about that so before somebody says are tumne ye kar diya to wo kyun nahi karunga main karunga uske bare mein bhi baat karunga in fact jo ek bacche ne mere ko email likha tha usme to mera dimag hi kaam karna band ho gaya in fact i i don't remember i think i had messaged uh, all the girls over here about that email i didn't share the email but i told them uh, that you know i got a email like this i don't know what to what to do now but once again thank you very much to everybody who spoke today everybody who emailed my request is only one i i i should not be the last person who talks about this i am not the first person who has spoken about this and this won't be the last time i talk about this my this was a, there, there is a reason to do this i i hope if you are a young kid who listens to this podcast i hope you take something positive out of it and next time you see some injustice happening you raise your voice too i will leave you guys at that and i will end today's discussion as always keep doing the right thing in life because your innate tribalism is not what matters your innate humanity matters i leave you guys at that take care